Welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all kinds of music. Let's get to it. So welcome to Joyce Eclectic. We're so glad you've joined us. Um, Parker, what you been listening to this week? Hey, uh, well, first, there's something that I, that I watched that I think we all watched. We uh, saw <laughs> Infinity War. And I just wanted to say, my favorite part of that movie was definitely when... And then he came back out, and that violin was just explosive, you know? Oh, so, wow. I mean, that was... Yeah, uh, totally. That's kind of what I was yeah, thinking about. That that. You know more scene. actually, though, like... They they brought in uh, the only single theme that they brought in other than like just original composed music for this was the Wakanda theme that uh-huh. uh, Ludwig Göransson wrote oh. for the Black Panther movies. So choice. Mm. He did such a good job on that soundtrack, and it, really I'm so story. glad that it and made its like, appearance in this movie. There was, I think, just one other song. Like, because when it got down to the bottom of the credits, because everybody well, says yeah, for the but credits, it was like and it was like song. songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was yeah. like songs in this movie, and you expect for that long of a movie for like a billion songs, and it was. <laughs> like two, two songs it, it was <laughs> literally that song, two songs. like a uh, very like guardians of the galaxy song <laughs> yep and then some of the original music for black panther yeah <laughs> like it's, fantastic it's just so funny yeah oh, the rest. and then at the very end they played call me yeah Blondie. call me maybe oh call me maybe <laughs> no 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 not that one they played that at the beginning <laughs> that, uh, of, right, course, right, of course right, of course of right. course yeah, yeah. man good times no so really i've been listening to um uh my friend james introduced me to he just like texted me some bands he was like hey check these out like, cool and one of them was called rollo tomasi um, which, from that alone, no idea what it was going to sound yeah. like at all. Uh, so it's a British band from Sheffield, and um, they're they're a metal band essentially, but kind of like art metal, experimental metal, sort of. Um, it's it's really interesting. Okay, so in any case, the the band's called Rolla Tomasi, and the album's called Time Will Die and Love Will Bury It. super interesting so yeah it's i honestly was very confused by it when it first started the first song is just really ambient and then the second song is just a girl is you know kind of like rocky and a girl Mm -hmm. uh their vocalist is a girl and she's singing and it's great and it's fun and then the next song is like way more metal but nice. the whole the production of it is really noisy like yeah. um so the guitars instead of being very straightforward like mm-hmm. distortion it's more like fuzzy and different kinds of stuff which uh was really interesting kind of like yeah. a wall of sound sort of effect yeah. um and man it's just really really interesting and so and but having and also girl screamers don't happen very often and she that's does fair flyleaf yeah. was the last one i remember <laughs> yeah and, and like uh we're all kind of glad that stopped <laughs> There was one other one back in the day, but it was like neo-goth metal oh, or whatever, yeah. and I don't remember what it was, but I was not really I wrestled a, a bear once? Oh, no, but that's true. She did. She breed. She yep. breed like a man. Yep. So, 
Uh, yeah. So in any case, uh, it was it, it's a great album. It's definitely worth listening to. I'd say start with the Hollow Hour. There's a bunch of really long songs on there and like some epic kind of things. And um, but that song has a good mix of different things going on. There actually a lot of the vibe of it in some ways, not musically so much as just the feel of it. Kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of Thrice's album Vaisu, which is interesting because it doesn't really fit a lot of the other stuff going on. Um, but it was. Yeah, but it was really good. And cool. it actually fits it's in pretty well to our topic today because pretty much all the songs flowed into each other cool. very nicely, huh. um, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about a little bit yeah. as we go forward. So, yep, that's what I've been listening to. Rolo Tomasi. Neat. Rolo Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi. Every year at Christmas, I make Rolo pretzels. <laughs> Slap some uh, Rolos on uh, little little buttersnap square pretzels, mm. uh, and then top them with red and green M&Ms, throw them in the oven for about five minutes. Why haven't we be friend at Christmas yet? <laughs> Been friends. <laughs> why haven't we be friends? <laughs> I said, why You've haven't we befriended had... Christmas? <laughs> yeah, that makes even less Christmas sense. Christmas wants to be your friend. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> See, Anyways. Me. Uh, yeah, I've been checking out a whole bunch of things. Let's see, this week I brought back kind of an old favorite of mine that I used to listen to a lot. Uh, her name is Joanna Newsom. Oh, Guys, yeah. Have heard of her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a She's harpist. an acquired taste. She is. <laughs> she is quite the acquired taste. Uh, but I've been going back and particularly listening to the album East. Y.S. Uh, came out in 2006, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it's a grand total of seven tracks, and all of them are quite long, like anywhere between like seven to 15 minutes long. Um, but they're 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 all very bizarre tracks uh, for for somebody who kind of just plays harp and there's like some string accompaniments in the background. This music really goes in directions that you do not expect it to go. Like a, a mm. song might start in one place and just end up somewhere totally different. But that's kind of the beauty of this music, aside from her absolutely incredible, 100% unique voice that sounds unlike any other singer you'll ever hear. Um, She's a a fantastic singer, but the way that she arranges these songs is like, they sound like they're in like this cohesion, like they they match, but then it it just kind of goes all over the place. Like it's it's almost like this controlled chaos kind of. Mm. Uh, so you never really know what direction a song is taking, but it's it's folk music, so all, all the songs are story based. And this album in particular has a lot of very sad songs on it. Um, you know, talking about like people that she knew at one time in her life dying and things like that, which is very very sad. But it, there's there's some beautiful storytelling in here through the use of things like allegories and fables, and you know a lot of a lot of animal stories and things like that. And it's 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 just very well told. But hmm. um, if you go through and actually sit down and listen to the album, you're not going to be able to like tap your foot along to it but you know because i I don't think there's really any tempo in this Hmm. record at all it's just kind of like i said controlled chaos like it's it all matches and it's all perfectly you know well timed and put together but it just kind of goes all over the place but i i used to listen to um a couple of her records all the time and i just sort of fell out of it not for any particular reason but i've kind of been going back uh to that this week nice um aside from that went saw my boys last week on Wednesday night oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, of Montreal, which I've mentioned many, many times, is probably my favorite modern band. Got to see them live on Wednesday, and holy moly, that's such a good show, you guys. Um, as always, they put on a, just such a great live show, and for something that's seemingly like 
more or less low budget. I mean, they're obviously not the biggest band in the world, but um, they they make so much use of that stage. Like they just it's it's larger than life, and like they have people come out in costumes and theatrics and like light up LED things are happening all over the place, <laughs> and all the band members just know their stuff. I mean, they they can all wail on those instruments, mm-hmm. and it's it's fantastic. And Kevin Mars, lead singer, comes out dressed like a woman and yeah. <laughs> does the whole show in high heels, which is just crazy. Like he's dancing around and like. Like, I was exhausted four songs in just for the guys in that band who were doing the things that they're doing. Uh Um, But it was great. It was a really, really fun time. I got to be right up in the front row and, you know, do my little thing, bought a t-shirt, and it was a really, really uh, enjoyable time. Nice. Chat. Yeah, yeah, you you hit on something there about just, like, being exhausted for him. We, uh, me and my mom and, like, sister got to see Paul McCartney a few years ago, Mm. Um Dude's getting up there. Yeah. Dude runs around whole show just <laughs> wow. going nuts, like swapping instruments and running around, dancing, doing the whole thing for like two hours. Did you know he was in the Beatles? What? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wait. That's crazy. Stop. Man, so he's really old because yeah. they're what? like, they're like ancient. Uh, like 400 years old oh, is man. how old they are. His, wow. uh, is he a vampire? Fact. He's, uh, yeah, his nickname in high school was Edward Cullen and that's oh. actually where Twilight comes from wow. is wow. it comes from him he incepted it that's crazy <laughs> what? how many pop culture references can we fit into one little bit I um, don't know so yeah more actually uh, what I've been listening to <laughs> this week so an artist that I'm a huge fan of because I got really into him one summer and learned like every single song that Josh came Groban. off his yeah you nailed it in one man <laughs> Uh, I learned almost all the album or the hmm. <laughs> <laughs> words. Words are hard. I learned True. almost all the songs off his first album one summer. The album's called Every Kingdom. It's a person named Ben Howard. And I'll be yours to I love Ben Howard as a performer and as an artist. Um, I got super into him kind of around the like summer of 2013 slash just the entirety of 2014. Um, uh, obviously, his first album was an uh, album called Every Kingdom. Super, super good. He has a vocal style that's just so emotive, and he, he puts such passion into all of his music and uh, his live performances and everything. And I got, got to see him uh, a couple of years ago, and it was just fantastic. I mean, the guy just nails it. But he, he plays mostly like singer-songwriter-ish style acoustic, but it's very in the style of Nick Drake. Like, mm-hmm. okay, a lot of yeah. open C, a lot of like... Uh, mostly finger style stuff, but I mean, he supports his his lyricism, and dude's just fantastic. I, again, he's he's a a British artist, just amazing amazing emotion. Um, I I really enjoy his music a lot, and it was very helpful in the summer of 2013. Um, but he's been starting to tease a new album recently, uh, so he came out with songs called nice. "A Boat to an Island on the Wall," "Towing the Line," and very recently "Nika Libres at Dawn." At dusk, excuse me. Um, but I've been listening to those pretty frequently because I'm super pumped for his new album because <laughs> uh, I just love everything he puts out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, and here's a cool bit. So to this week, uh, it was one that I picked, and we're talking about song transitions, which doesn't sound very exciting, but I think the more we talk about it, the more it'll kind of make sense and you know all that stuff. Um, I wanted to give an example of one before we actually get started. 
Um, that's not technically one of my examples, but <laughs> just a funny story of a song transition that I thought was interesting. So uh, there's a band May, and okay. they have some EPs that came out after their last album. That Now they've actually turned into one full-length album, which is kind of odd. But um, So on their morning EP, uh, it's all songs that kind of have to do with mornings, sound like morning. There's one with like birds tripping kind Are of thing. Are you saying morning with... Just know you or no, yeah, with no like Like morning after because they have one that's morning, (laughs) afternoon, and evening, which spells May, which is all fun and stuff. That's cute. Um, yeah, and the (laughs) afternoon ones sound more like afternoon songs, and evening songs are all kind of lullaby ish. Cool. And so, there's a song called um, A Melody, a Memory. And the end of that song, I, I listened through this EP so many times, and that song goes into a song called Night and Day. And uh, so I'll play with that transition is is usually like. So that's what the transitions normally like. It it ends the one song and then goes into I've been dreaming such a long time. Some extra wind and noise. <laughs> yeah, which is all fun and stuff. So you know how like in albums you get really used to the ways that certain things go. So one day I was listening to my uh, my phone on shuffle, and this <laughs> happened. It's especially funny is because the first lyrics of that song are "I've been oh, hit," yeah. and it's but it's screaming and stuff. So I was like, "Wait a minute, what's this rendition?" Like I forgot it was on shuffle because I was like, I guess the first song I was listening to. So it was just really funny. I was like, "What's going on?" Um, but yeah, it kind of made me realize even more so how accustomed to certain mm-hmm. you know things you get yep. to where normally if it just went into some other song I'd be like okay that's another song but the fact that the first lyrics were also I've been I was like what in the world yeah <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll go into my first actual example and talk about that for a second um, and it's actually another May one so uh, the overall topic thing that I was thinking of um, or kind of some notes on it that I thought was interesting is if songs do transitions in albums where you know one song leads into the next song, I feel like there's about three categories of those. And uh, you guys can also correct me if you think differently or whatever. You can't um, make me. <laughs> and so the first one being that they'll um, they'll have come some sound effect kind of a thing, sort of like that one, but not quite. Mm-hmm. More like this next example I'm going to show is actually they add a sound effect in that overlaps between the two songs. So the songs aren't tied together musically so much, but more aesthetically, I guess, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, or the second option is that it starts to play a teaser for the next song at the end of the previous song where like the one song ends and it starts with like a drum beat that kind of builds up into the next song that specifically, you know, is related or the last one being that musically it just actually transitions where the end of the one song just rhythmically or whatever goes straight into the next song. So Mm -hmm. those are the three. And I picked one from each of those today. So the first one I want to give is, um, off May's album, the Everglow. And it's the song Painless. There's the last like 15 seconds of that song into the song The Ocean. And so it uses um, kind of just a sound effect to go between the two. So yeah, that one's, it's nothing too crazy. It's just 
sound effect of an ocean yeah. and using that to kind of tie the two songs together. I really wanted there to be like a seagull screech in the middle of that. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Not to take you away. Yeah. But, no, go uh, for it. A band that I was in back in Orlando, we recorded an EP once and uh, we had one song that's basically about a guy who's at the beach and he sees his dad there and his dad gets eaten by a shark. Oh, wow. wow. But, Whoa. Uh, That's a turn for the worse. It's, very, it's a very surfy song. You know, just like a super fast guitar riff and like, like you know, Hawaii You said super drums. fast guitar riff? I heard supervised guitar riff. Supervised. Uh, <laughs> so, somebody had to watch that uh, because it was very dangerous. Mothers, yeah. lock up your daughters after this guitar <laughs> solo. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we, we did that exact noise at the very beginning. We just took a sample from like online peace relaxing sounds <laughs> and then like we recorded ourselves seagull oh, noises no. and just like over overlaid them like four or five guys just that's... doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's seagull. how the song starts i'll send it to you so yeah, we can uh, that's really yeah sample. i need to hear but, this man. in real life so yeah this <laughs> one not a lot to say about that one i know i took up some time with my intro e1 as well so i'm not going to say a whole lot more but that was just the first kind of example of yeah. something where it just um I, I like like we've said a lot of times we like i like listening to and you guys as well i think like listening to albums as whole albums so whenever mm-hmm. songs kind of go one into the next like that's really neat but mm-hmm. also it needs to be able to start somewhere yeah. and you know wherever that second song starts it can't just feel out of place so kind of the way that they do that's always interesting so but yeah that's what i got for that one uh matt what's what's yeah. your first one uh kind of tailgating off what you just said i I listen to a whole lot of albums and I think more people do this than they realize they listen to those those songs that don't sound like they're supposed to lead one right into another but they do and the way that you can really tell is and maybe you're like me maybe you're not but the way that I can really tell is if I'm on shuffle or something and a song ends and it doesn't feel like you're unsatisfied ended. I'm so <laughs> unsatisfied yeah. like, uh, I was back and forth on what I was going to choose like because there's so many songs that do this so well that I really really enjoy just like that that I don't know. Get me pumped for the next song. Um, one one choice is uh, off uh, Radiohead uh, Kid A. Oh, the, that's yeah, such a great album. Into Paranoid Android. Yeah, um, yeah. The fact that like like the very first song kind of like it fades out and then it's got like this this like movie countdown like a bloop bloop, <laughs> bloop 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 and then the song ends but it goes right into Paranoid Android. But if you're on shuffle. You don't get that. Yeah. You just get the four bloops, and then you're on to the next thing. It's like, no, wait. You get a countdown like, to I was join just... a Newsome song. Yes. <laughs> and I hate that so much. Um, uh, another one is like I, that, that you were kind of talking about is like when it, when a song kind of just, it fades out and, ma- and doesn't fade out, but it ends on, you know, a big long note, and then that note holds out, mm. and then that note is kind of like the start to yeah. the new one. Yeah, totally. um, a lot of a lot of great songs like that, too, off, uh, you know, like, in airplane over the sea neutral mm-hmm. milk hotel the you know king of carrot flowers has that like long uh kind of accordion stretch at the very end <laughs> and then like it goes right into the next song which is such a banger but if you're <laughs> on shuffle you don't get that song it frustrates yeah. me so much but anyways all that being said um i i both of my picks were were pretty classics um Pretty pretty old school. Pretty classy. Like you need to wear a monocle to to listen to them. Everybody, get out your monocles. You're only gonna get it if you're wearing a monocle. (laughs) Like I am. You can only listen to this with something over your eye, (laughs) and only one of your eyes, not both of them. Everybody's just got glasses (laughs) dangling down the front of their face. I can make that happen for you. (laughs) You need that visual. Uh, uh, but yeah, my first pick was uh, off one of my favorite childhood albums, and I think it's such a it's such a timeless record. And Kids I Bop love Five, it so much. 
Huh? Kids, Kids Bop, Bop 5. Five. Childhood yeah. album. No, 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 nailed no, 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 no. Parker I keep with it. Into, like predictions this week, just nailing it. It's off Kids Bop 3 because <laughs> <laughs> they sold out oh, on man. Kids Bop 4. Mm, and by I, 5, it was just all over the by place. Five, it, was, it was just commercial. It's all. It was all just commercial. They were just doing it for the, the Hot Topic t-shirts. That's right. <laughs> I can stand that crap. <laughs> I picked Pink Floyd. Uh, one of my favorite bands. This is off The Wall. Uh, and this is the song that leads into the undoubtedly uh, like biggest song on that record. Probably their biggest song of all time, Comfortably Numb. Uh, but the, the song starts out pretty concrete. It's, you know, a whole band comes in at once and that's all good and everything. But what I, what I really enjoy about the way that they do this on, this on the record is the song right before it is called Bring the Boys Back Home. And it's kind of like a... It's like a. It's only a minute and a half long, but it's kind of like a war march song with you know these big choruses going on in the background, like this big choir singing and screaming and stuff, and that kind of fades out. And then in the last thirty seconds or so of the song, it builds up this accumulation of all the noises and like sound bites you've been hearing throughout this record. And mm. there's a lot of like in between songs on here, uh, like we've talked about before on like a Sufjan Stevens record, where yeah. it's like just little bits of you know songs that are supposed to lead into the next one. Well, they do that a lot on this, and it kind of if you've seen the movie The Wall, uh, then you know the main character in this record slash movie is a guy named Pink, who is basically going into this like drug infused nightmare and like uh he he's like this rock star that gets very burnt out and you know then he ends up becoming like this fascist dictator and stuff like that but interesting um, yeah and obviously the song comfortably numb is about drugs so that like (laughs) if you're watching this movie there's a great scene like right before uh the comfortably numb bit starts up and it's got all these noises in it and it like i will we'll listen to it and then i'll talk more about Mm it um but it's yeah and when's the I for my last one it was a bit obvious, mm-hmm. but is there a specific part so to be listening a, yeah, for? You'll hear like it's it's kind of like this big weld up of a lot of different noises and sound effects, and then suddenly it just kind of stops. That's I, I just I, I love that transition so much because it's it's just this big accumulation of like everything that's happened to this character so far. Like you hear, heard all those noises, you know, you hear somebody on the phone saying like, "Oh, there's a man answering." Like that's because his wife is cheating on him, and he's calling the operator to like find out where his wife is. And the, the operator keeps telling like, oh, "It's a man answering," and like that's part of an earlier song. And then there's somebody knocking on the door like, "Time to go." Mm-hmm. And that's his manager. Like while he's drugged out and hmm. strung out in this room, he's like, "Come on, let's go. You gotta get through the show." And that's what the song Comfortably Numb is about. It's like uh, kind of a conversation, uh, like pretty much the guy's manager saying like, hey, just take this little shot of heroin and that'll get you through the show. Like that'll get you and you'll be good. And like, because that's what's more important. And is like, ruin the rest of your life. But for right now, you'll yeah. be solid. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the, the main theme throughout this whole album is like, what's more important? Like being this big superstar, this big important person or like taking care of yourself because yeah. like mm-hmm. you, you got to do one or the other. Um 
but yeah, there's there's so much going on in that one little section, and it's like I said, if you, if you listen to the whole record, you get those little snippets throughout, like the kind of end songs or begin songs, and this is like near like near the end of the record and it's you know just this big swell of all the stuff that's happened so far and mm-hmm. watching that scene in particular it's like all this stuff is happening at once and this guy is just like laying back in a chair with like a burnt cigarette like mm-hmm. basically about to fall asleep like just so strung out on life that like you know you're like ah just end it already <laughs> and then it just busts into this great song but, yep yeah that's cool. cool yeah so I had a really hard time this week because going into it, I was like, yeah, this will be fine. I'll figure something out. And then all I could think about was Mute Math's self-titled album <laughs> and Queens of the Stone Age's Songs for the Deaf, oh. both of which are albums that I've already bought, brought to this. Like, <laughs> I, Mute Math's first title album twice now already. <laughs> Um, so I was trying to figure out something that I, I haven't just like gone back to over and over and over because I inevitably will talk about Mute Math's first album over and over again because I love that album. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for my first one, I wanted to go in kind of a slightly different direction because this is something that this artist does in live shows a lot but does not do a ton on the record. So the song that I have prepared is a song by Andrew Bird called The Supine. Ooh, that's a good song. It is. It's a wonderful instrumental that he has just in between two songs on his album Armchair Apocrypha, uh, which came out in the late 2000s, I would guess 2007 or 2008, but don't look me up on that because it's probably not that close <laughs> you're wrong i might very well be um but he he's just a wonderful instrumentalist but the thing that i wanted to talk about so much is more about his live performances of a lot of his songs because the way that this guy tends to write songs is he'll he'll play a song out like a ton of times and be like, this is kind of a new song that I'm working on, and it's not done yet, but I'm going to play it for you, and it'll sound one way and really cool. And like, he does a ton of looping, and he plays violin, and sings, and whistles, mm-hmm. and plays glockenspiel, very, and has this huge production. Person. He is a very, very talented produ- uh, person, and just does such amazing things. And it's like, oh, that was really cool. That was a really cool thing that you just did by yourself. Um, and then it'll show up on an album like two years later and sound totally different right uh which is really interesting and you think like as an artist i don't know how you do that to your own songs to just like chop them apart and redo them in so many times but he does this constantly and even with songs that he has recorded them on an album he'll still play them wildly different out yeah. places and so I that. which it, i mean yeah, at least awesome. get, incentivizes going to the show because there's a Absolutely. lot of bands where it's like i don't know if i even really want to go to the show because they don't put on a great show itself and the music is about exactly the same as it mm-hmm. is on the record. So, yep. like, man, I don't really care. But yeah. that is... It makes really you want to go see him because it's you never really know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's the the first three times that I saw him were that. It was, like, <laughs> a totally new experience every single time I saw him. And I've never regretted any of those. Yep. Last time I saw him, he played it a bit more to the record, which is, is great. And, he like, he's still an incredible musician. And it was still a great joy to watch him. But it just it wasn't those first three times that I saw him where yeah. he does such interesting things. But so I wanted to play this example, the supine, and I'll talk about it afterwards. And uh, again, is there a spot where it is like the transition between? No. Okay. It's actually just part of that instrument.
So this is from it's a beautiful. track off of Armchair Apocrypha. It's the whole track is less than a minute long, and it just leads into a song, Cataracts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a melody that's in Cataracts. It's totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the song is, uh, I think it was the second time that I saw him at the Ryman. He was playing a different song and what he'll do so frequently is once he finishes the song he'll start looping things and just make this big cacophony of sound and there's just a lot of things happening and it's all in this you know just this crazy tonality he's got so much going on and then suddenly he starts playing the supine mm-hmm. and that was like oh I know this song you went from a bunch of stuff that I've never heard before and you inserted this melody into it um, just that blah 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 he inserted that into a totally new chord progression a totally new set of instrumentation that went along with it and it immediately gave me something to latch onto and go I know what this is hmm. I know what you're doing now and I got so pumped. <laughs> like, I, I, the dude just has such good timing of when to throw these little melodies in there to just, like, feed you a little bit of, of things that you know and things that you can, like, kind of be nostalgic about. Uh, and then he went into his next song, and I mean, like, but it all led into that. And I think that's something that Andrew Bird does so fantastically. And if you ever get a chance, like, his albums are fantastic, but he has at least four albums called The Fingerlings, mm-hmm. one, two, three, and four, mm-hmm. and they are all him just workshopping songs oh that's cool you'll hear you'll hear they're like snippets of live recordings and snippets of things that he's just decided to record in his barn or whatever and eventually you'll hear those songs again they'll be a little bit different or they'll be on an album and they'll sound totally different and Hmm. it's just really cool and i cannot urge you enough to listen to andrew bird that's what i love about andrew bird is i have all of his stuff that i bought uh, <laughs> you should buy all of his stuff. You bought it online wire back I, in. Bought it, I bought it a while back uh, from a website that's no longer in service. <laughs> um, but yeah, I put it all on my iPod, and I like when I'm in the car, I listen to it on shuffle. Yeah. And, like because there's so much stuff, and like sometimes it's like a little thirty second song, sometimes it's like a four minute thing. That like I I'm, I'm still coming across songs of his mm-hmm. that I don't know that I've never heard, but like it's it's always just something enjoyable. It's like ooh, I turn it up because it's like oh, there's an Andrew Bird song. And it's mm-hmm. like maybe I've heard it, but like I don't remember the names because he's got a lot of bizarre yeah. names. Oh in yeah, songs for sure. I'm like, well, he okay, uses cool. a lot of really crazy words anyway. Oh, it's sure. like he'll work yeah. troglodytes and implacostomus into songs, and it's yes. like how did you do that? Uh, real I quick, I was troglodytes and implacostomites <laughs> all day long. <laughs> Pretty much, though. Um, no, but just real quick, because that exactly is what actually led me to really enjoying him, uh, because I had been told about his music from my sister, I think, and she like gave me Armchair Apocrypha, and I put it on this big playlist of songs that I didn't know hardly any of them, and had them shuffle in my room for like a year mm-hmm. and would hear little bits of stuff. But the supine was one of those that stuck out to me every time it came on yeah. because it was so different than anything else that was on that playlist. It and it was very pretty and very just like, Oh, this is so cool. And it's so deep. And, and like, he's just doing that with the violin, but I never knew who it was attached to. Mm-hmm. I just heard the song. I was like, that's cool. The first year that I went to Bonnaroo in 2009, we were waiting around and my sister was like, you have to wait to see this guy, Andrew Bird. Like he's going to be incredible and he does whistling really cool and he's just really cool. And, (laughs) and my sister's not like a huge musician or anything. So she was just like, you just need to wait and see. And we waited and we saw, and I was like, yeah, this is really cool. This guy's really talented. 
and then three quarters of the way through his set, he played the supine in uh-huh. the middle of something else, and I was like, oh, junk, I know who this <laughs> is now. Like, I've actually heard some of his music before. Like, I, I suddenly recognized who he was, and it was just a really nice revelation that I was having in the middle of Bonnaroo. Man, that's really, <laughs> it's really funny. nice. It had yeah. nothing to do with the mushrooms either. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyways, Parker. Yeah. So this is Parker. Um, my next one. This is actually. Um, I mentioned a band that I was in in college, Ocean Architecture, and I didn't write any of the music at all. I only wrote lyrics to one of the songs, and I was the vocalist. So I feel like I'm okay to <laughs> to not. Like, um, oh, Parker's gonna talk about himself. Yeah. No, but so it's yeah. The guy actually, and um, yeah, but the other guys are all fantastic musicians, and so they wrote some really great stuff, and I kind of. I was the last member to join. Um, but so this album animus, I mentioned it before and kind of the concepts of it, but this song it's, it's kind of a two parter song. Um, but the first one is like a really slow ballad kind of thing. And the ending of it just has kind of for no reason exactly goes into sort of like a hoedown kind of you'll hear it in a second. And then, which leads into the beginning of the next song in, in a really interesting way. And so this is the second version kind of of the pre or of the transitions, which is the pre-song. So right towards mm-hmm. the end of this bit, it'll, it does a little hoedown thing for a while. And then it, it does essentially what the main part of the, the next song is, but it sort of teases it right at the end there. So I'll, I'll go ahead and play it. But what to be listening for, for when the actual transition happens is there's some harmonics on the guitar. So like everything cuts out and it goes, and the guitar plays that, and that's when the second song actually starts. So it starts from those harmonics, and uh, I'll play it and we'll hear it. yeah so there you go there's that stuff um it's it's just really fun and the two songs like actually kind of go together too they're sort of sister songs um lyrically and well, not lyrically but sort of thematically or whatever um but yeah i just i always thought that was it was a really fun transition to do live too because the little hoedown part which you only heard the tag the the end bit of is just fun and then when it starts out doing that it's really dissonant if you couldn't tell um just because the heart like the key Joe on the keyboards is playing one is playing the same kind of patterns as what Kyle's playing on guitar, but they're really discordant harmonies. Hmm. Um, but then as soon as it goes into and then that same melody is being played, but without the harmonies instead, Kyle is playing just rhythm guitar behind it. And it makes it go from being like, what's going on here to actually like grounded and, you know, has some neat things going on. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. And I, uh, when also we would start it with just the the harmonics and the sweet sanctum is feeling away um, when we did it live sometimes too because a lot of times we wouldn't actually play um, columns columns of time the first of the two songs because it was a ballad <laughs> and we'd only be playing like three songs because yeah. they were all like 17 minutes long not yeah. literally but like yeah, you definitely, have 15 minutes to play this set like <laughs> yeah. don't go over <laughs> so um, but yeah uh, not a whole lot to say about it besides just like kind of that's an example I feel like of you know song that sort of goes into yeah. the next one uh, but a quick note that when I was doing my research on this uh, Chad you listened to the Ever Worst Prada's album Plagues back in the day I've heard some of it okay um, so to anybody else who has or whatever 
I was like, you know what? I remember some cool transitions there. And every song that I listened to, yes, there was pretty, most of them had transitions <laughs> that went into the next song. However, what do you guys remember about iTunes from 2006? They, Spe- well, it, when you burnt a CD, it would add like two seconds or so in yeah, between like each song. T- it would yeah, lead yeah. space. So, yeah, back in the day, it was defaulted in iTunes that there would be a two second crossfade. Yep. So that at that point, like, Specifically, and I did this too. All of my songs had two seconds at the end to go into the next one. Otherwise, it just wouldn't quite line up. Mm-hmm. And that album, still the version that's on Apple Music and that I listen to, uh, it's got two seconds between all the really? songs, and it's Ooh. so annoying. <laughs> like, wow. I also haven't listened to it, I guess, in a while because I didn't remember that being the case. But, but yeah, specifically, there's two seconds after every song, and so that was that was just a fun little thing to yeah. remember. Like, no that, joke. Like, I remember being. Uh, you know a 16 year old or whatever and seeing itunes come out with an update and realizing that that was happening every time i burnt a cd that it was adding two seconds because yep. it wasn't mm-hmm. just that it like created space it actually added audio data onto mm-hmm. your song so that if you went and put those on another computer it would still have the two seconds yeah and so i turn i changed that setting in my computer to like don't add this space i don't want these transitions yeah but every time i would get a burnt cd from somebody i would always be like but now i still have to actually buy the cd because i don't want these two second <laughs> transitions between See, everything I, I remember reading a while back now that the the sole reason that apple did that was to add drama like to add to the dramatic like anticipation of the next song on an album and there that's was literally no place other to reason. do it's bad anticipation yeah that's as man i mean no that's so well, dumb. I mean, tra- like, I've, I've, I've never yeah. understood technically why would they do that yeah. I mean, for, for any reason other than I think honestly that. all I can think is specifically for because they did the crossfades thing between the two songs and you could change that you still can change that amount of time just defaults yeah. to zero everywhere yeah. but so that if you're playing a bunch of al- a bunch of songs in a row it'll feel more like a radio or something yeah. where it's like just smoothly going between all these songs mm-hmm. or whatever but it's dumb and that's not their place <laughs> Right. Like that's so annoying, but I yeah. mean, it doesn't matter. They fixed it since since then. But it's just funny to think back on the times that people had to intentionally, if they wanted to get that effect of one song going directly into the other, had to create that in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I I do know like Spotify actually gives you the option of crossfading songs. Yeah. Like it will artificially just blend songs into one another. But it drives me nuts. <laughs> I have a couple of friends that have their set that way. And I mean, that's fine. Like, yeah. you, you do your own thing. But when I'm listening wonder, to an album, I do not want it to crossfade the songs into one yeah. another. I wonder if the reason that they do that has anything to do with, like, the same reason that back in the 50s and 60s, they would start fading out songs. Like, you know, a song that was still going, which is a, still a very, very popular yeah. technique to this day. <laughs> yeah. One of the ways to end the song. Of mine. <laughs> yeah. To end the song by literally just fading it out while it's still going i hate that the only thing i'll say about that is it does make you i mean it's fury it's infuriating i feel like to the listener but Mm -hmm. it makes you want to go back and listen because it feels unconcluded so it will probably get people to listen to it it more yes yeah so it'll up the play count but also annoy (laughs) people i mean like how many times have you heard the song where like it might be kind of starting to fade out, and that's when something new comes in, like a new guitar tone or like a guitar solo yeah. oh, or like somebody doing yeah. something like new in the song. But then, like you barely get a glimpse of that because then it just fades to nothing. Yep. Yeah, 
I hate that because oh, I could tell that the band still had so much left to do, or at least a little bit. Like the give only me the rest. Uh-huh. The only time that I can imagine that being like, oh, you know, that's a fine artistic choice is like the end of an album. Honestly, I know uh, Amberlin's "Never Take Friendship Personal" Love that has, album. A, has a couple songs that they do that on, but particularly mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, the last song does that. Dance Dance Krista Krista Pafkin. I think that's the last oh, song. Oh man, I don't know any of the yeah. titles on that. I one. know a day late, which is like the big song off there. I'm pretty sure that one does it because I was like, "How do they do this live?" Man. Yeah, there, there's several on there that do that, yep. and it's always just kind of like you guys just didn't really know how to end the song, <laughs> did you? Like, and that's that's fine, I guess, yeah. but just like I it's don't one know, thing play for a band to like not knowing to end the song, but and I guess like if if there's a bunch of repetition at the end, you know, like they repeat the chorus chorus eight times, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like if I know that there's probably not gonna be anything else, but like when I, especially when I hear that new thing come in or mm-hmm. like the the style yeah. changes or whatever. That's when it's annoying. Yeah, there's uh, last note on this, and then we'll keep yeah. going or whatever. <laughs> this but is quite the tangent we're having. <laughs> one of the songs that I brought up in the bass one, the one where the Pliny one, where it's yes, bam, bam, little. It actually it fades out at the end, and the drum pattern. It, I mean, it, it repeats a lot of times, and it just keeps repeating that bit. Mm-hmm. But the drum pattern changes every time, so it's doing different things. And the last one is the first is the only time that it plays like a very solid regular groove on mm. top of it. So it's like it's rewarding you right in the last right. second. Yeah. It's like because yeah. it'll do weird thing like boom boom and you're like what's yeah. going on here it's all this crazy stuff I wish it would just do a regular groove yeah. and then right at the end it's like oh it's fading out I guess it's never gonna oh oh, oh it did it yeah. <laughs> like right there at the last yeah. second yeah. Uh, which yeah. is it's bittersweet kind of but uh, yeah so there's that but Matt what's your next one that yeah. you got my next one is another classic uh, and I could go on many more tangents with this one probably will I picked the Beatles noise because obviously I picked the Beatles <laughs> anybody who out there who's listening to Abbey Road knows exactly what I'm talking about the I think I've mentioned this before the entire pretty much second half of that album is one long cohesive kind of jam like the songs although they weren't recorded together the way that George Martin stitched them together made it sound like it was all one big thing uh, they transitioned into each other pretty beautifully I might add but the last uh, the, the one that I chose is nearing like the end of that suite it's Golden Slumbers into Carry That Weight uh, I think everybody's probably heard Carry That Weight maybe you haven't heard Golden Slumbers but the reason that I picked this song is because this was kind of like the first time that that was really a thing like hmm. back in 1968 when this album was being recorded i mean george martin I, he gets his credit but like he was the fifth beetle because all the things that you hear the beatles like the people talk about like what they did in the studio and the, what it, they were able to pioneer sound wise that's him like that's not them i mean they're great musicians and they're great songwriters but george martin did so much speaking of songs that like fade out um george martin was uh, Maybe this is funny, but like the Beatles song "Helter Skelter," yeah. have you guys heard it? Yeah, that song fades out like three times and keeps coming back, and each time it gets like progressively more incohesive and just weird and like That's crappy. Great. More and, like, Helter Skelter, yeah, like more Helter Skelter, and like the final time is when you get Paul McCartney screaming into the microphone, like "I've got blisters on my fingers." Like that's where that comes from. But like the song's almost seven minutes long just because of that. Like it fades out. And then it comes back in and it gets like more like clippy and worse each time. But that's like, that's George Martin in the studio and songs like A Day in the Life. Like that was originally two songs that the Beatles composed to be two separate songs. And he stitched them together using that, you know, very famous, like weird violin thing that's like ever increasing into like the, the next bit of the song. Um, But yeah, on Abbey Road, which is the last album that the Beatles ever made, they did this very, very well. It kind of stitched a bunch of songs together 
And uh, the reason I picked this one uh, it, more than anything else is because of the drums. Because yeah. Ringo does not get enough credit. I'll say that. Like people like to crap on Ringo, and they say like, you know, he's and he's not. He is not the most talented drummer by any means. But I think he was extremely influential in a lot of his fills and the sounds that he got. Hmm. And maybe that's not all him. But the fact that like like some of the things that he did on drums had never been done before. I mean, like he, I think he was one of those pioneers that really made the drums an instrument, like the, instead of just a beat. Like, you know, it gave, gave them an actual job to do and made them interesting. So yeah. uh, we'll go ahead and play this. And it's, it's kind of like it's one slower song that kind of leads into uh, a bigger, like more triumphant song. But just listen to that drum fill because that is like that's one of my favorite drum fills to listen to and play. And it's, it's used all the time. It's a very, very like at this mm. point, like, kind of overdone and cliche thing to do. But it sounds so good. Like the snare drum and the toms. pretty darling, do not cry. I will sing a lullaby It's, it's classic. I mean, there's not much more you can say about it, but I love it, man. I love every single tone that is coming through in that song. Like, just the way it was produced, is, it's it's timeless even to today. I mean, if you went in the studio right now, you could use the most high-tech equipment, like the, the best stuff on the market, and you probably couldn't get that sound because it was, you know, it was just, it was done so carefully and crafted so well. But that transition in particular, you know, like they, those songs weren't done at the same time, but the way that they're stitched together, mm -hmm. just, it makes it sound like it's one cohesive piece. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, it's, it's just very, very well done. I mean, everything from the, the bass line that's like, you know, just moving up with the, with the drums, like that syncopation is, it's very, very good. And I mean, I had to go to the Beatles. Like, Please, if you haven't listened to Abbey Road, listen to that whole record. Listen to the second half in particular, and that's what you get. Like the songs just bleed so perfectly into one another that you know. And some of them are short. Like the the um, Golden Slumbers is only a minute and twenty seconds ish long, and then it goes into Carry That Weight, which is a great song. It's one of the best songs on the record. Um, but yeah, Beatles. Nice. That's yeah. that's all there is to say. Yeah. Cool. So for my second thing, I went for something a little bit more just kind of transitional <laughs> uh, i know that's gonna be a shock to everybody mm -hmm. um but i picked kind of the opening song slash second song off of now now's 2012 album threads um really great but the first song is a song called the pull uh that they kind of reference one of the later songs in the album uh, lyrically, but it's way noisier and mm -hmm. way just kind of this undercurrent of these big whooshing noises and just all this kind of garbled stuff. And then that all fades out towards the end and into their first song, real song on the album called Prehistoric. Hmm. Um, and so what I cut together was literally like the end of the poll um, and sort of a shortened version of the transition that it makes into the noises that start prehistoric. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where you're going to...
So yeah, that's how that song starts. And it's so pretty. It's so pretty. I don't know that and song they, at they all, actually but I get like it. Fairly heavy in that song. Yeah. And a band that I played with for a little bit, uh, we wrote a song that was very heavily influenced by prehistoric. Was it Low Beggar? It was Low Beggar. I know that band. <laughs> uh, our song Metal Boy was very, very uh, influenced by the song Prehistoric. Yeah. But just the those little bit of noises and everything kind of gives you this undercurrent to just start the song when you want to. Yeah. And where does it actually does it start where the drums come in or does it start with a the, the like track song starts slightly before the drums come in okay, with cool. everything so there's the it, it kind of changes to a little bit more like instrumentally sounding noise mm-hmm. instead of just like weird garbled vocal delay noise <laughs> uh-huh. if mm-hmm. that makes any sense at all and that's yeah, more sure. where the song actually starts uh, but that whole transition takes place over like 30 seconds mm-hmm. which was the entire time that I was trying to make this whole clip and so <laughs> I was like I'm gonna cut this down and kind of crossfade it so that it, yeah. you get the idea yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it all takes a little bit longer mm-hmm. than that and it's it's just really pretty and that that whole album is is just incredible yeah i think it's uh it's interesting that you say like you know you have to cut it down a little bit because there's so many choices out there but there's so many songs that that really go on and on for like yeah. a minute you know yeah. just like a, a noise before it goes into the next one and, uh-huh. and that's great i love that but it's it's hard to like yeah down yeah now, for this format that doesn't fit yeah. so well yeah. but it's i mean but within the and also, I guess one note on that too, and kind of going back to the first album, the Rolo Tomasi album that I was mentioning, a contrast between that and uh, slightly newer, the Devil Wears Prada album, um, well, barely newer than Plagues, it's um, with Roots Above and Branches Below, which is not the one I'm about to t- play, but it's just to talk about it, that album just keeps going the whole time. Every song fades into the next one, but they're mm-hmm. all up. Be- I mean, it's yeah. metal, so they're all upbeat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it never stops, kind of. Yeah. But almost to a detrimental point where yeah. there's not a like a slow lull of you know like letting you reflect on what's happened. And I also feel the same with uh, there's a cu- there's. A- I want to say it's Parallax 2 by Between the Barrier and Me. Listening to that album, like it feels like it never really takes a break. <laughs> um, and the whole thing is one cohesive you know, unit, but, uh, but you just don't really get a chance to sit back and, and rest in right. what's going on. Yeah. Um, whereas between songs, like if songs stop at the end of a song, then there you go. That's done. Mm-hmm. You can let that go in your minds, go move on to the next thing. And so I think when artists do this, they have to be careful to make sure that actually you're getting time to process what's mm-hmm. going on, kind of sure. let some of what's already happened move behind you and be looking forward to some stuff moving yeah. ahead as it's opposed to just pacing. feeling. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that's what to move into my last one, actually. Um, this uh, album's language by the contortionist. I don't know, Chad, if you've ever heard. Man, nope. it's definitely anybody. If you like metal at all, especially like uh, kind of progressive or like intellectual metal, kind of, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, be careful about using the word intellectual. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You'll, 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 you'll pull the Rick and Morty fans out of the woodwork. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, intellectual was a bad choice of word anyway. But it's just. Um, it's really, really good. So uh, this song, there, it's two songs that go into each other, Intuition 1 and Intuition 2. Uh, and actually one of my friends who did give uh, our listener submission for this week had was first going to give this one as well. And I was like, ah, sorry, I already took it. You can take it if you want. And then he gave me the other one. So it works out. But um, it'll be a little bit hard to tell without the context of the full songs where the break is. But just for some context, it's... Uh, when the guitar parts kind of stop for a minute and go from being really big and kind of open to more like 
like more kind of broken up and rhythmic and stuff is when the next song starts. And so this is the last kind of version of examples, which is just it transitioning literally into the next song Mm -hmm. where it could be a new part in the one song, but it's not. It's, you know, and if it were a new part in one song, I feel like it's one where you would look down at your phone and be like, or your iPod or whatever, be like, is this new? No, this is new. Okay. Okay, cool. Whatever. Um, So it does do the job of it is a new song and feels like a new song, but it transitions so beautifully. Um, I guess beautiful is maybe not the right word for metal, but like really well as far as I'm concerned. So uh, yeah, here's the clip and we'll talk about it. I, so most of that was the second song. It transitioned yeah. actually pretty early in that clip. Uh, I just left more of the second song because it's fun. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, there's just a big open thing and the rhythms just exactly fit into the next bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's There's a lot of songs that do that super well, but that one, just every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, here it comes. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great album. I, I don't have a ton more to say on that specific clip just besides the fact that, I, honestly, I have no idea if the lyrics have anything to do one with each other. It's... <laughs> I assume so. It's intuition one and intuition two, so probably they do. But I don't pay attention to <laughs> lyrics at barely at all, mm-hmm. even though I, you know, sing in things. So whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's about it for that clip. And we do have one um, listener submission. So let me get, bring that one up real quick. And this one's from James, who I mentioned uh, tried to get submit that last example, yeah. <laughs> but did not. And this is from a, "By Between the Buried and Me," and it's the song "Foam Born," the backtrack into "Decade of Statues," mm-hmm. and. Statues. Statutes, not? you're so right. And uh, just some <laughs> context between the barrier and me before. <laughs> <laughs> so some context of the song too. Uh, this first song is it's pretty short. It's like two minutes, and it starts out just piano, and then piano and some vocals, and then it builds up and stuff. But his uh, his little thing that he gave or the blurb is uh, it goes from this sort of muse-esque epic song into a more proggy track and then straight into death metal, <laughs> which is pretty much exactly what it does. That's pretty much everything that Between the Buried yeah, and Me does. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I mean, they are like, they were do remind me of muse plus lots of death metal kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I couldn't do the whole song, obviously, of the first one, but the first one, it does, it transitions a lot just within that one song. But then uh, you'll be able to tell... <laughs> where it goes into the second song, I think, if I remember right. There's kind of a little drum fill kind of thing, but here we go in any case. To be totally honest, that could be any Between the Buried and Me song to me. I, lo- I really, like, they, they are incredibly musicians, and they do yeah. a lot of great things really well. But they have such hard transitions sometimes that that honestly could be one song to me. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Which is not to detriment it. Like, it's a great transition because I didn't know the song was changing, I suppose. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. Yeah. You know what it sounded like to me? What? Between the Buried and Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, so I think it's, 
And especially within the context of the Fuller song of the first one. Yeah, yeah. you're right. They are. I mean, yeah. this is another one of those. There's a lot of these songs that are dual songs that mm-hmm. are meant to go together, yeah. essentially. Like pro- like you said, except backwards of the Beatles kind of where, oh, here's this full song. Eh, let's just split it down the middle somewhere. Yeah. And that's a good spot, you know, which. But I, I, there is something to that where it starting <laughs> starting with that second one. If it was on if your iPod was on shuffle and you start with that second one, you'd feel totally fine with it. You yeah. know. It just, you know, it start yeah, off. It, However, and it has a good ending yes. place. Too. Ending the first one, though, a little bit less. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it definitely ends okay, but it would be... And then you move yeah, on to the yeah. next song. But, it's, you know, just, it's just funny with their songs because so frequently you can start one of their songs and then if you just skip to the end, you're like, how the crap did we get here? <laughs> this makes no sense. You're not wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I mean, like, they're, like I said, incredible musicians and I, I really, really enjoy their songwriting and just their technical ability. If you've never watched any live videos of Between the Married and Me, they're yep. still amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was blown away the first time I watched a video of them just because I expected it to be crap and it was not crap. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, that's all we got for our cool bits. Uh, before we go into our break real quick, I just want to uh, kind of just talk to listeners or whatever about, um, you know, obviously we're trying to do this podcast thing and uh, promotion is difficult and stuff. So we're going to mention at the end, telling all your friends and things, but just in case people don't listen at the end, I have no yeah. idea. Um, I oh, <laughs> I cut it out about halfway. But Matt, you're here. Oh, yeah. you're, you're, in, you're listening to us right now. Whatever. Yeah, I stopped listening That about really explains the last couple of times we've recorded when you've just like gone into the corner, put on earmuffs, and, and just like throwing your head into the yeah, wall. That really yeah, that really yeah. explains, explains it. In my dunce hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to mention, you know, like obviously... I, reach out to us on whatever things and uh and on social media and stuff but if anybody also it would be a really big help i think to like rate and review the podcast mm-hmm. on itunes so that I, people who aren't already related to the circle can yeah. find <laughs> out about it or so i don't know how a lot of those algorithms work and we'll try to figure that out as it goes but um yeah just anything anybody's able to do to to sh- spread the word would be fantastic we'll keep doing it regardless yeah. even if there's like yeah. two people listening we're having fun yeah. so we just enjoy talking to each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah before every episode honestly we're sitting here for like 30 45 yeah. minutes talking about other things we're like we should probably start recording something so. yeah. <laughs> literally that happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, this time it was about infinity war though, yeah. so <laughs> we were not going to record that yeah. uh but yeah just wanted to mention that oh but now we're going to go on a break and then we'll come back with some more stuff Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you've already listened to other episodes before, you know this is the part of the show where we want to promote various projects that folks in the community are working on. Uh, if you are new, however, you may not know that. So this is, I just wanted to make a quick note. We've got a bunch of different things to promote down the pipeline, but still just since we're early on, wanted to kind of reinforce that we would love to promote whatever you've got going on project wise whether it be music or otherwise um, so go ahead and email us at joyceclectic at gmail.com if you've got anything that you would want us to bring up in this segment here and we'd love to get the word out there so I won't hold you up any longer let's go ahead and get back to the show hey there folks welcome back to our show jazz hands I was doing jazz hands not even on purpose I was not doing it just felt it I'm just felt comfortable to do it for some reason. It does. It feels really nice. You know what else feels really nice is, and I do this in meetings all the time, you take your fingertips, yep. like like you're going to do like prayer hands, but then you spread out your fingertips yeah. and kind of like 
make like a an orb shape, like you're holding an orb, sure. and then you tap your fingers together uh. very softly. So kind of like Mr. Burns, like, excellent, except yes. for all of them at the same yes. time. Uh, that's a very, because eventually like your fingers, I guess, start to become kind of numb. A little bit. A little bit, but like it just it feels really nice. I'm about 30 seconds into doing it, and so far feels like crap. Well, but no, like, you're doing it too hard. Like you don't want to do that. You just want to just barely. Oh, that is tap. weird. Just and it's just a nice little feeling. I do it so much. Right now, there's people it. all across the world tapping their fingers together. All across the world. Eh? All across the world. <laughs> and I want one to person in Belgium, two people in Chile. <laughs> Everybody else is in Tennessee, probably. <laughs> I want to imagine, though, that it all looks like Junice from SNL when she's got the little baby doll oh, hands and yeah. she's just like grabbing at yeah. little bubbles and stuff. Yeah. That's, That's what uh, I'm Kristen Wiggs. Yep, character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. That's so so funny. imagine doing that. Just spread your fingers yeah. apart. That's no, how, I want it, it to be with baby hands. <laughs> <laughs> if, you ha- if you are a baby, you can you can do it too. But it, with your regular hands, yeah. you don't need baby his hands because you already have baby's <laughs> hands. Wow. Wow. Neat. You're so intelligent. Yeah. I have a brain part. But that you're not I wearing use. your monocle. Can we play the intellectual music again? <laughs> <laughs> so, how about that game, huh? Okay, yeah. so we're going to play a little game. Uh, this is very funny. You can play along at home, too. It might not be fun. We've never played it before. Maybe it'll <laughs> be a bust. Fair. And if it's a bust, then we won't play it again. Uh, and but... you'll never hear this segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you'll you hear it. Oh, you'll hear it. <laughs> Okay, so essentially what the idea is, is that um, I'm going to say some names, uh, and they are more or less the opposite name of a band. So, Parker, give your example. Yeah, so like my example was, with. instead of Fallout Boy, it would be like Rise in Woman, or Rise in Girl, or something like that. Yeah, so like all the words, like the nouns and the verbs and all that stuff, they're all the opposite of what the actual band name is. Now, I got, first of all, I was trying to come up with some clever ones, and it's very hard to come up with like perfect antonyms <laughs> yeah. like for for certain bands. Uh, so eventually, I just started like thinking of synonyms, like what else would be like what what the band could have gone with mm-hmm. instead of like what they did. Like so, the Beatles is the insects, right? Whatever, yeah, which is like insect is not the opposite of beetle, but you know you can yeah. kind of piece that together. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the names. Um, that I came up with, and then it's going to be able to Chad and Parker to guess them. I guess we'll do just first one to shout it out. Gets sure. the half points. So yep. we'll do half yeah. point because there's quite a bit of them, and mm-hmm. I don't know what the score is. I don't know. If uh, we're I'm pretty sure his score right now is uh, Chad with seven and a half ukuleles. Uh, I've got 321 uh, fleckles, and nice. Matt, uh, you got eight. Yes, I have eight. Um, so <laughs> just just eight. So uh, just the for concept of eight. So for conversion, one hundred and six fleckles <laughs> equals uh, one and three quarter ukuleles. So wow, I would say you're roughly tied. Yep, equally. Yep. Um, uh, but compared to my eight, uh, you don't stand a chance. You're, you're both way behind. There you go. So That's why we're gonna catch up today. The concept of eight to catch up. All right. So uh, these are all very well known bands, and some of them are a little silly. And uh, they, they might be a little embarrassing, but I don't care. Let's do I'm it. Go, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, uh, and let's see if if our brains match up here. All right. So the first one is Soft Bachelor. Soft Bachelor. Now think of I'll, I'll throw out a kind of a big hint. Uh, the the actual term that is like the opposite of soft is not like don't think of it literally. Mm. If that makes sense. Bachelor. I'll throw out a, a couple more hints, like if. As we go along, and this one's tricky one. already. Um, this is the first one that I came up with. There are some that are easier, I promise. This one's a little tough. Yep, sounds like it. 
Because I had to look up antonyms. Okay, so so it's not hard something. It, it, it's along those lines. It's not hard. Yeah. The word is rough, not hard, but it's along those lines. Rough Bride. It's not a band. Rough Bride. <laughs> <laughs> band name, call it. Yeah. You gotta check out the Rough Bride. <laughs> I, man, uh, yeah, go ahead with another hint, I guess. Yeah, okay, uh, I it, it's a metal band. Okay. They're not hardcore, they're classic metal bands. Okay. Um, um, very popular in the late 70s, early 80s region. Iron Maiden. No. That's it. Hey! Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I yeah, gotcha. So, uh, iron. Maiden. Like, I looked yep. up Iron, because yeah. Iron Maiden. means tough and hard. Yeah. Maiden makes Maiden sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, that was kind of cool. clever. Yeah. Yep. Maybe a little difficult. All right, uh, <laughs> next one. Video Foot. Radiohead. That's it. Yeah. Radiohead. Mm, man, just faster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go with the next one. I think both of you will get this pretty easily. Uh, send you the vertical. Bring Set. me the horizon. Oh, yeah. Look at you I go. I nailed it. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> I think that might be the first game question I've ever answered correctly. Right. <laughs> this one I was quite proud of myself. Mm. Me negative two. Me without you? Wrong. Well, Wait, I mean, me negative two. Me negative two. Hmm. You and I? No. No. That's not a band. I don't know. That's, know. <laughs> That's just a phrase. It's a song. I think it's a couple songs. Nice. Is it is it you? Oh, you too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Here's one that's not quite the opposite, but sure. think of yep. it along the lines of they could have gone with this. We'll go. Oyster jelly. Oh, mm-mm. I, you, uh, I think, mentioned it accidentally earlier today. Oh, did today. I? Oh, so you know it? Yeah. Right, let's see if Chad can get yep, it. Yep, not going to say it. Oyster jelly? Oyster jelly. I mean, my immediate connotation wants to be clam jam. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, that's uh, only because it rhymes. That sounds like hey, the latest. Buddy, we got the clam jam up in here. That sounds like the best Virginia Beach like boardwalk rock band. Oh, it really does, though. We should go Hi, do guys, that. We're clam jam. <laughs> Oh, do a little Jimmy Buffett for you. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That's just where my brain yeah, is. You right got now. one of the words yeah. right. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you it's not clam. It's, it's not probably clam. not clam. <laughs> you said oyster. Oh, what man. comes out of an oyster? Pearl jam. Oh, That's the one that it is. Go. I found Dude. it. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Clam jam. Wait, wait. I just really liked clam jam. I know. It's so great. <laughs> All right. What a brilliant uh, you guys time. may have to think a little bit harder on this one. Like sure. this one, I, I kind of went out there. Like once once you know it, you'll be like, oh, okay, but you might not figure it out at first. And it might be kind of dumb. All right. Yeah. Uh Hornet Tease. Mm. Hornet Tease. Again, this isn't quite opposite. Yeah. This is just it's a little bit of like both of them like they could have gone with it and it's the opposite Beyonce because <laughs> <laughs> Hornet oh, B oh yeah. okay um, Hornet T's uh, can I ask for context on T's is it T-E-A-S or like to okay. tease so someone think, uh, think the letter T oh okay the letter T and think of think of the order that T is in in the alphabet yep so it's the opposite of oh man S so T U V W X Y Z so it's seven letters in so mm-hmm. A right. B C D E F G dude you are a genius um Kenny G 
No. Uh, oh, man. Hornet T's. Bee Gees. Yeah! Oh, there it is. You, you smart you little mister. You pieced together the puzzle. Uh, you are like Tom Hanks. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where this is going. You're Tom G's. You are Tom G's. You're like Tom Selleck. I like, I like, That's where I was expecting you to go with the first one. I was like, I don't understand. My brain just likes to say the first thing that comes to mind when I think so. Like, no, G, was, and then Kenny G. Like, there's no reasonable reason why Kenny G would be it, but it was just, it was hoping. Yeah, hey, hey you good. know, my brain I feel is you. Good. I did not expect anybody to piece together the well i think the fact that you said opposite for i don't know yeah you're good you give good hints keep on going what you got next one sadness multiplication sadness multiplication Mm. got it just say it joy division yeah yeah (laughs) man i was stuck on happy and was like i don't know i I was like i I had the division part but just didn't get to joy division i don't even know i don't think i've heard them before i just know that name. the shirt the album art is very iconic i've seen Uh, so many parody t-shirts of that album artwork yeah how many we got left two more two more all right all right uh listen the next two are probably pretty easy private friend Public enemy. There you go. That's the one. Got it. it. Uh, And the last one, a night from forget. A day to remember. remember. Yeah. (laughs) Teamwork. (laughs) Look at this. Yeah. So all in all, that's. uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Count them out each. Uh, Twelve globs and eighteen schmeckles. I think you ended up with seven ukuleles and one schmeckle, and then you ended up with three hundred and twenty. Glore balls? I, I can't remember what I you know. had. Glore balls? Glore balls glore what balls. I ended in the... Because yeah. I thought you said gore balls at first, and I thought of the band Gore and all that. Oh, else. man, oh, no. no. I, I only know a little bit about them, but what man. I know about them is more than I want to know about them. Yeah. <laughs> I had some friends in high school who were super pumped about seeing them, and I never really understood I that. I don't... Compare gore to, like, ICP. Like, it, yeah. Yes, but for those. metal. Yeah. 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 100%. That's exactly... Like, it's all for the show, all for the atmosphere yeah. none of it should be taken seriously but 20 percent of the fans think it's really serious probably yeah and are crazy tattoos <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yeah like ooh, man so anyways yeah so there was that good job everybody what a fun time <laughs> hey we got a couple what a fun time what a, <laughs> what what a, a fun, fun sexy wholesome. time we all <laughs> had <laughs> sexy wholesome time <laughs> it was sexy and wholesome okay uh so our topic talk for today uh, we're going to talk about commercials, uh, mm-hmm. particularly the music that you hear in commercials. Now, mm-hmm. when we originally brought this idea up, um, there was a question of like, are we talking about like commercial music, like popular music? <laughs> I don't know. That's what when I think commercial music, I hear like, or I think about you know music that you hear on the radio. But that's yeah. not really it. Oh, like we literally mean advertisement music, and you know that could be like a popular song that a commercial chooses to use, or a song that's written for the commercial. And kind of like how those songs play a role in the ad that you're watching and how they get you to buy the product. I mean, 99.9% of ads, let's say 100% of ads are created to get you to buy something. They want you to buy stuff. I mean, I'm going to make ads for something to just be like, don't eat, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. And this product. <laughs> you don't want this thing. But that's, it's interesting that you say that because, uh, you know, like, uh, this could be a segue into a further discussion later, but one of the things that I wanted to bring up was the postmodernism kind of irony that you see in ads constantly mm. now these days. And you're like breaking like, the fourth wall, kind of breaking thing. Breaking the fourth wall, okay. exactly. Like how many advertisements do you see now? Know their advertisements, yeah, and they're they're talking to you directly. Like the guy comes out and says, like, 
I work for Geico. Ha ha ha. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, or yeah. think back to like the Super Bowl ads where it's like, this is a tide ad. And like, I mean, mm-hmm. those were funny yeah. and everything, but like, how many of those are we seeing now? And, and I think it, some of the ads that I've been seeing a lot lately, the music is starting to do the exact same thing. Mm, in particular. Like singing like, and this is an ad for something yes. good. Yes. <laughs> do, 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 it's a very, in the hood. It's a very ironic take on the late 90s, early 2000s kind of wave of like those, like everything's great when you buy this product. Yeah. And it's like, everything's great when you buy Tide. It's like, <laughs> you know, it, but yeah. now it's, it's literally saying that. Yeah. And I think that there's good things and bad things about that. Hmm. Now, I, I personally, I don't know if I'm pers- persuaded too much by ads yeah. um, in general. Right. I mean, if there's ever an ad on YouTube, I skip it after, you know, the allotted yeah, the amount, appropriate of amount of time. appropriate amount of time. Yeah. Um, or if it's like an unskippable ad, I tune it out. Yep. And that's, maybe that's why I think in this generation, ads are being made the way that they are is because we're not paying attention to them anymore. So the more yeah. that they can literally speak to us and break the fourth wall. Yep. The, the more they're likely to gain your attention. Well, they you actually, bring a, yeah, yeah they, no, they actually have to be entertaining at this yes, point. True, because right. again, like if it's just, if I just see an advertisement, like I don't care about it, but there's something even to be said for like older advertisements and like things from the nineties that all had jingles. It wasn't necessarily like trying to sell you something as mm-hmm. much as it was trying to make itself recognizable in a brand field. awareness brand mm-hmm. awareness it, like for yeah. instance me and my wife went to my parents house this weekend and while we were there they were watching the tv and it came on and there was a They're farmer's insurance the ad. tv yeah i know it was crazy Ooh. well it was just on and we were kind of all talking over it but there was this ad that happened for our for our farmer's insurance mm-hmm. and they have a jingle we are farmers and that exactly happened that happened and me and my wife both sang the end part of that jingle it happened and we were like boom, 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 boom. and that's buck wild red robin <laughs> like yep. yeah exactly no there, there's a facet to like if they can make this little sound bite just stick in your head you know how many yeah. times have we all heard o'reilly o'reilly auto parts <laughs> oh, oh yeah and, like, you I hear that, that so all the time so yeah exactly no you hate it but it sticks in your head like yeah. you know it yeah. and that's kind of the thing mm. they don't need to sell you something at that moment what they need is when you go Dang, I need insurance for something. Yeah. Yep. What's going to come to your brain? Uh, well, I actually, you know, farmers insurance is a place that I know of because I know a jingle or yeah. I know O'Reilly Auto Parts exists mm-hmm. because of those stupid jingles. Um. I've forgotten so much crap in the world. <laughs> the only reason that the stuff is still in my brain at all is just because it has like a, a cute little yeah. jingle. There's a really great scene in Inside Out. Have you guys have seen that movie? Yeah. Like oh, the, the two guys are like, who like erase the memories are like going through and they find that little gum ad and they're like, oh, let's throw this one back up there yeah, yeah. just to make the girl remember uh-huh. again. Yeah. But that's so, so right. true. I mean, yeah. we remember all that stuff. Yeah, well, it's and that's kind of the point. And I wonder, but, like, I mean, so different categories of kind of music in in ads just because that's the way my brain likes to think of things i feel like so yeah jingles kinds of things which could be just tags at the end like you said with farmer's Mm -hmm. insurance or red robin or o'reilly's or whatever um thinking back though it's funny thinking of like 50s jingles where the whole thing is just them singing just a full-on jingle about the thing um or you know otherwise just having music that makes you feel good about the product while the other things are happening or singing lyrics that just are about like good times are had at this thing uh real quick thing that i just thought of that i don't want to forget there's a company called wayfair Wayfair wayfair.com it's a website whatever the first summer or the first christmas that they were on tv 
there were like seven different ads. That's an exaggeration, but definitely four, which is completely real. And each of them were a different musical ad where it's like the people in it were all singing and like dancing and stuff and completely different songs every time, different jingle every time. And it annoyed me to no (laughs) end. The fact that like, A, none of these are good. B, pick one and stick with it, which they now have done. And I'm happy. It's still a bad song. It's way fair. You got just what I need. And everybody, I hate it. Oh, why'd you have to sing that? Now (laughs) I remember it. (laughs) So, but again, it sucks, but it's stuck in your head, you know, Uh, whatever. And that's their whole goal. If you're going to create an original jingle, you have to pick one and really double down on it. Which maybe they were just testing it all out that first year, but still it, it, it annoyed me to the point where now, like I have a bad taste in my mouth for it. But... I mean, maybe the point with jingles is not to make good songs like us as artists or whatever. No. The, the goal is to make good songs. But as jingle writers, really, you're just trying to write something that's sticky. Yeah. And that yeah. seems like sure. about it. And obviously, that falls in a different category from the things where it's like there's fun music going behind things, whether written for the commercial or a popular song that's now being used in it, which is also something that worth talking about sure. and kind yeah. of distinction to make. But I feel like when it comes to just specifically jingles, yeah, it just has to be just memorable. And mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, is odd. Yeah. No, for original stuff, 100%. It, it is so rarely going to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of a tropey. You know, mm-hmm. sort of ironic version of another song, but it's going to include their product. Yeah, you know. And I, I think kind of going off of that, like having the jingle. I mean, think of the McDonald's jingle. It's probably among the laziest of jingle. I mean, ba da ba ba ba. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Or to it. borrow Jim Gaffigan's joke, hot pockets. <laughs> like, that's not what a is, complicated what even thing. Is that? Yeah. It sounds like somebody made it up in but a meeting. You'll, you'll notice whenever you're watching those ads, you only get the jingle when the the brand is right there. Like you yeah. only get the ba da ba 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 when the golden arches appear on screen. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna get that in the middle of the thing. You're mm-hmm. not gonna get that at a certain point. And like even in some of the more recent like McDonald's commercials or whatever, you know, even if they're not. Sp- like it's not a vocal saying ba da ba ba. It's like the saxophone comes in yeah. and does it, or like it's always there, but it's always when the brand pops up, like a mm-hmm. hot pocket commercial. You're mm-hmm. only gonna gonna get the hot pocket like at the very end yeah. when it's the brand because that it's. I, it's I love just her half lazy singing, head. and it must be super <laughs> annoying to everybody. Yeah. Hot pocket. Yeah. Half of it's lazy. Half of yeah. it's just like this is not a well, complicated no, thing. I mean, yeah. how much more? How much more active were they yeah. being when they wrote these? Yeah, when they yeah. recorded the hot pocket jingle, they were like, yeah. I mean, think about it, I suppose, but just sort of do a thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, Matt, you mentioned I feel like a story earlier that you and Courtney something happened where this all came up. Yeah, so we were. Uh, that? Yeah, my wife and I were sitting on the couch the other night watching a TV show because you know. We have very active lives, and uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the companies that I wanted to talk about that does um, kind of the advertisements uh, with the popular songs in them a whole lot, and you've been seeing a lot of them lately, uh, is Apple, and they're very very good at choosing mm. the music that they throw into their commercials, be it a good song or a bad song, and that's why this conversation kind of got brought up. Is she kind of mentioned like, hey, you know, you ever notice like why certain companies like pick the songs that they do and the the commercial was for the new iPhone 15 uh, whatever it is 15 yeah. x so i honestly i couldn't tell you what the product was all i could tell you is that it was your typical like high def phone commercial where they super zoom in on the phone and it's very slick looking and no actual phone looks like that you know, you're going to get it and you're going to be like this doesn't look like a commercial <laughs> but they were playing a song in the background that was 
I guess like a dance, like just like a, like you know, like a ooh ooh, like that kind of very primitive it was a monkey like, song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it was. It was like this very primitive thing with like this this guy saying it's like, oh, you're bad enough to me. It's like the very low voice. Yep. It was like supposed to be this almost sexual song, uh-huh. and the way that they were showing the iPhone was like they were zooming up and down like the body of this phone. And I was thinking to myself, like, and we were talking, like, they're sexualizing the iPhone. Yeah. Like, why, why is this happening? Why are they doing that? Yeah. And I, I think that that's very interesting that that's the approach that Apple chose to take. Yeah. Especially nowadays, like in this generation of where everything has to be seductive and everything yeah. is like mm, look at what we have it's a phone it's an iphone yeah. yeah it's like yeah you want it you know you want it and it's like you're trying to make me feel like dirty and like mm, for for looking at an iphone and yeah. i just thought that was bizarre yeah. yeah but that's kind of like most of our advertising today has to do with like we have this product that we're going to show you these people and they have something that you want they Mm -hmm. they are having an experience or they're having a fun time or maybe they're enjoying this great laugh with their friends and oh man don't you wish you could have laughs with your Mm -hmm. with your friends if you came to mcdonald's you could share these great moments if you bought an iphone you could Mm -hmm. really get that girl i mean it's all about like just putting a carrot in front of somebody Mm -hmm. and saying if you'll buy our product we can give you this thing and Mm -hmm. i mean you can say whatever you want about that mindset and Mm -hmm. that approach to like advertising and, and for our cultural mindset but it, it's just kind of what advertisers do and the, mo- the more like positive effect you can have on your product I mean that's beneficial in some way and within the context of music too I think you know just to focus around that it's music plus visuals has such a strong effect to where if somebody and I mean also talk somebody speaking mm-hmm. and stuff but if there's you know some heroic speech being made where guys like America America <laughs> blah 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 America by it's itself like, with the is, Star Spangled Banner in yes, the background yeah, exactly <laughs> by itself is like okay cool you're talking about America but like with this, with the national anthem or whatever <laughs> and it feels yeah. like way more powerful you know seeing so. it or hearing it but like combining those senses together gives a more effect to where I think when you're seeing a commercial if there's like music that's accentuating the feelings that they're having like music obviously gives people emotions as well mm-hmm. and so you know when it's like happy-go-lucky kinds of things you're feeling that way exactly yeah, yeah about the yeah. product as you see it you're like ooh, I want to feel that or way or even like for a little while there on YouTube I mean obviously Google owns YouTube so they were like we're yeah. gonna advertise on this platform that we don't have to spend any money to do so <laughs> and people are gonna watch it anyways they had a lot of advertisements that would have random songs and it would just be kind of like quick shots of people doing kind of randomly goofy things or like little dances and stuff and and I was I was just watching a bunch of YouTube videos one day and I have Happened to hear Water Fountain by Tune Yards, hmm. and it was just like, huh, because this is a pretty not commercial song. Like, hmm. they're a pretty kind of against commercialism kind of band, mm-hmm. and then to see this song, like, it's a very happy sounding song, and it's very, very positive sounding, yeah, but a lot of it's maybe not so much that. And so, it was kind of this weird dichotomy of like, I don't know how to take your hmm. commercial for your positive product and have this kind of weird thing, yeah, I totally agree. It. There's another, um Apple commercial out there that's using a Wolfpack song, a band that I've talked about before that is, you could definitely argue is very anti-commercial, and the the advertisement itself is, it's an, it's an Apple commercial, but it's it's being used to advertise like the Apple Pay that you could do on your phone. It's like this guy who's at a market or whatever, and basically he just like swipes his phone, he sees something he likes, like this expensive jacket or hat or something, swipes his phone, and then all of a sudden like the clothes just like come to him and appear on him, uh, yeah. and they're playing this Wolfpack song, it's a great song, it's back pocket, in the background, um, 
it, but I'm just thinking to myself, like the message of that song is like, if you have an iPhone, whatever you want, it's yours. Like just yeah. get Apple Pay. Doesn't matter what kind of financial situation, right? Like <laughs> if you want it, it's your you deserve it because you have a phone. Mm-hmm. And it's like that might be a damaging commercial. And to think that like a band who's very anti commercial right. is is letting Apple use that. And I'm sure there's money involved and anytime you well, yeah. you say, Here's a big pile of cash, yeah. Take yeah music. To be fair, like I, I'm not mad at Tune Yards for doing sure, that. Yeah. Like if somebody was like, Hey, we'll pay you a bunch of money to feature one of your songs i'd be like i don't even care what it's about like give me that money like this yeah. hurts me barring no some way. very extraneous well, things yeah, yeah i mean exactly. it's just like you're gonna anyway yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna create an, an, a scenario in which that would be terrible but i mean to a certain extent like I, i'm not gonna fault creators for taking money when they mm-hmm. can to yeah, an extent again yeah. like that even that statement's kind of wild um but um, yeah I wonder what's interesting too, just thinking about like specifically music overall within commercials. Is it possible? Like we were saying a lot of things are upbeat or cheesy or lame Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I'm trying to think of scenarios where like sad music could be implemented. And all I can think specifically off the top of my head Mm -hmm. is one where it's showing like, uh, like before and after kind of thing where no, it's like dude, this dude. guy's walking by no, dude. himself Sarah McLaughlin oh yeah oh, that's, my the, goodness. that's the reigning king of sad commercials and while sad puppies yeah. stare at you through a TV screen. And they're always shaking. And like, Man, yeah, they're always eye. mangy, sad, <laughs> scared, and afraid. Like, uh, it's yeah. just terrible. Yeah. And You're then so right. if it's not enough, like, as if that's not enough, then Sarah herself comes on. Like, <laughs> yeah. These dogs, listen to me sing. These dogs are going to die. Don't listen I have to the a words that voice? I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think um, one, one commercial that I wanted to talk about in particular, and maybe you guys have seen this. Uh, it's been haunting my dreams lately mm-hmm. because I cannot make heads or tails of it. <laughs> this is kind of going back to the irony thing that I was talking about at the beginning. Uh, I don't know if this is legit or if it's ironic or if it's just a brilliant, like if, if it was purposely done to, to make me think that or not. And it, it's the latest Hardy's commercial. Have you guys seen oh, it? Oh my God. Goodness, it's I hate so, it so I don't much. Think I've I'll sing it my best impression, the the little sample of like what's going on. This commercial is exactly sixty seconds long. You don't get an edited version of it. Like sometimes you see an ad and then like you get like the ten second edit. Yep. Every time this song comes on, like Hulu when I'm watching it or whatever, it's the full sixty seconds and it's some guy, I don't know what his name is, he's a very popular artist right now. I don't know why, but he's <laughs> singing uh with a like complete auto tune for one thing. Auto tune, but he's got a very uh, uh, like a hick country voice, uh-huh. and he's saying like, "Let me tell you about America, uh, real real okay. with America." I suddenly know exactly and what you're talking about. Hard at the yeah. Hardies. Hard at the Hardies. Oh my he's like, goodness! And he's like, "Pass me them fries, and with your shakes held high." And it's like. No joke, my friend Seamus sent us this to my my buddy who's getting married this weekend mm-hmm. and was like, so how many times are you expecting to play this on the playlist? Because if it's not over and over and over again, you're un-American. So the reason, it, it's it, that's exactly why I wanted to bring this up is because people were immediately, te- as soon as I found out about this, people were texting me like this song and asking like, is this real? And I looked it up online and it was the same stuff, like all these news articles and, and people asking like Yahoo Answers and Reddit. They were like, what is this advertisement? And come to find out, it's a very well-known artist right now for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it's a legitimate song. It's a new genre called hip hop. 
I hate oh, that. Oh no! I because hate that the, so much. The reason it's like it's a country voice with, but it's super auto tuned, and there's like a like a five dollar garage band beat going on in the background that I could have made in two seconds, and it and it's like just this sad little keyboard, but it's supposed to be this very like. Yeah, America and Hardee's. Have some Hardee's with your America. But the 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 visuals of the advertisement are very. It's a bunch of like young hip people hanging out like at the beach with their burgers. And so is the consensus of the internet that it's it's for real oh, and God. not like over the top. Right. Yes. Because I am still of the persuasion that I don't care what the intention was. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, it is like. Just horrible. It's intentionally like bad to to a parody point. Right. If that's not the case, I'm still believing that it is for my yeah. sanity. Okay. <laughs> right. So, but that's the thing. That's why it had me so. Yeah. Um, no. That's a great mixed. question. I mean, that's how I feel like this is off topic. If you guys don't know who this is, this isn't going to make a lot of sense. But back in 2012, Krispy Kreme song "The Baddest." It was. Oh, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's yes, I you know do? exactly okay. what you're talking right. about. So yeah. this, I have no idea. It's this uh, little, uh, <laughs> little this white rapper, rapper guy. Yeah. yeah, and um, he just looked like he was this high schooler who was so so bad. But the production quality was actually surprisingly good. But the lyrics are awful of this song, mm-hmm. and it's just you know that I am the baddest of them all, and whatever. <laughs> And that song was so popular because it was so bad, but it was just on the brink of like, is he is he for ser- is he yeah. serious or is he joking? Because if he's joking, he is going so deadpan, like right down the middle, yeah. that you couldn't tell. And genius. turns out, yeah. yeah, turns out he was totally joking, and like he looks like well, in high that's school. of course what he's going to say on this end. Of no, yes, I mean it, really. No, but <laughs> like it, there's there's more background where like he was saying he's from Mississippi or whatever. Really, he's from Michigan and like all this <laughs> stuff where it's like he's not the person that he's portraying on that. Yeah. And there were more songs that came after that were that were funny. But same kind of thing with this heart of the right. party song. Where it's like I, what's really going on? To be fair, like I I hate everything about it. I guess <laughs> it's better than like their old advertisements were because to be fair, the last several Hardee's advertisements that have been around have been like. Look at hot girl in bikini eat burger, and it's like true. I don't yeah. like this, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Can I just eat burger, please? Um, the second part of this that I hate is that the music star's name is Big Wet. No, and I hate that. That's <laughs> so. Bad. I hate that so much. Like in the very bowels of my being, that just uh, makes me wet. profoundly yeah. uncomfortable. You'll have even more bowels after the after uh, said parties. Man, uh, yeah, man. I don't like you any part of the it. game. Small dry. <laughs> uh, man, I man. hate it so much. But that's that's just it. Is like if if you found out tomorrow that that guy came out and he was like, ha ha ha, jokes on you. Like, what? A, would you believe him? Yeah. No, B, not at all. Like, like if you had the concrete proof, like, yeah, I wrote that song to mess with people, and Hardy's picked it up, and it's like the most ironic, like parody, like, oh mm-hmm. man, isn't that hilarious? At like, then it then it becomes a question, of, like, is it is it is it funny? Like, yeah. if we found out that that was fake, would it even be funny? Because we believed for so long that that was real. The real question, though, yeah. is I think what it comes down to, and what advertising is all about, and then music its place in advertising is because of that song because of that music is the advertisement doing its job that's that's i think so ultimately like i mean it's it's making brand awareness brand awareness but you're going to drive people away like you're you're just like factually going there's going to be people out there who are like man i hate so much what they've been doing and it it happened with the girls it happened and it's going to happen a little bit with this where they just go like i don't like what you guys are supporting what you're endorsing and so i don't 
want to support you at all yeah and that's the question of the trade-off i think as them like knowing this kind of thing going in like is it worth do we get more people because of more again just more brain awareness being on people's minds the the two sides yeah and then or do we lose people because of how terrible this is so yeah i don't know i i have to disagree with you i think i i mean and this is a sad feeling that I have but in my heart of hearts I really think that this is a legitimate commercial and I think that this is a legitimate song and I think that the mass consumer of Hardy's cheeseburgers and Hardy's food You're not wrong. is, is yeah. probably the kind of person that would legitimately enjoy this song well, well, the, tell me all about America Big but, Wet but, but I mean yeah. really <laughs> right. at, at that point though what's the point of your advertisement because if 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 you're advertising to your group that's already consuming your product yeah isn't that kind of missing the point of advertising well i mean isn't just, the point of advertising to bring new people in who maybe wouldn't try it otherwise or not to lose i mean not to lose fan i mean people I mean, who if are you fans, have fans they're coming regardless maybe you, i mean that's what i'm saying like yeah. taco bell i don't care what they do <laughs> i'm eating a taco bell all the time yeah. and like i love it and and yeah. I, to be fair they could say whatever they want and i don't care they're who know whole like bell luminati thing i don't give a crap <laughs> because i i just need some cheesy gordita crunch in my life yeah. but at the same time like this if i i mean again i don't i don't yeah. know what I just I know that for I me, don't have a point. I just I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> no, I I totally agree. I just know that for me, hearing the most catchy jingle on farmers insurance is not enough for me to say 100%. I want farmers insurance. Not even right. like yeah, totally I mean, agree because the majority of the time, most people are not in the situation at that moment that they're like, oh yeah, I need to get I need to get insurance. Hundred percent. But when they do come to that moment. I, I just can't imagine a whole lot of people thinking, like, I need insurance. With, it's oh, just, uh, we are farmers. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's the one I need. A story to close it out. I, when I first got a car, was like, I need car insurance and I have no idea what to get. And 100% got Geico just because it was the first one that I sure. knew of. Yeah. And I mean, it didn't have anything to do with the jingle. So I guess musically, that does, there's not a tie in. But just, just as far as insurance Gecko goes, commercials, it was though. just, I was like, I know about this one. Turns out it sucked and it was the worst. And I ended up getting way better insurance somewhere else but in the meantime yeah. they definitely you know they got me for a little bit and oh. i think that's that's one thing that you can do when you have a, a product that is something that you're going to use over and over and over again but when you're talking about a cheeseburger yeah like right. I, can, I can get a cheeseburger from so many different places and to be fair a cheeseburger that i w- enjoy way more than a hardy's cheeseburger <laughs> yes. uh, i mean say what you will about hardy's like they have some good stuff and everything but man like yeah, i can't remember hardy's I, yeah, so I can't remember the last time I went to a Hardee's, and this is not endearing me to want to go back. No, I mean yeah. just to be totally honest. I yeah, honestly, I don't know if I'll ever pay another trip to Hardee's because this commercial deters me from wanting to go <laughs> that bad. Like if I, the only time I could see myself going to a Hardee's now is if I'm like on a super long road trip and I see a sign for Hardee's and that's the only restaurant. Yeah, and I'm in desperate need of. As something. we close up, uh, there's a Hardee's where it costs free. Guys, there dinner? literally. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Can that be the outro song? By the way, can we just play that? Oh yeah. my goodness! To, yeah, uh, let yes, people experience the <laughs> and that's what we think on songs in commercials. Uh, but we want advertisements in general. Uh, yeah. uh, if you like us, we are joyous eclectic. If you don't, we are just people. We are still joyous eclectic. <laughs> let me tell you about America. <laughs> uh, real hard at the joyous eclectic. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, thank you so much for listening, you guys. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we like all the feedback that we've gotten so far, and we're very happy to see that uh, people are continuing to listen to us. Uh, I checked, you know, our listens today, and 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 I'm I'm just surprised that like people are actually taking interest in this. Yeah, I'm not surprised because <laughs> it's great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very thankful that people are taking interest yeah. in this. Uh, but anyways, if you like what you hear, please keep listening. Uh, like us and sub- subscribe on iTunes, and uh, find us at Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, or on all those at Joyous Eclectic and please email us with any thoughts and opinions you might have at joyouseclectic at gmail.com or and tell us what we got right and got wrong. Yeah, if you have something else to add like if we forgot your favorite thing and you want to let us know like totally do that. We're yeah, totally we fine. absolutely put it on the show. We will we, talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, We just want you to be a part of the conversation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, if you have music to promote, maybe you're in a band, maybe you're in a local band. Uh, we love doing that kind of stuff. We've done it a couple times on the show. Uh, maybe you have a podcast yourself that you want to get out there or you just have something that you're working on some sort of creative project uh or if you just have a job and you want to tell people what you do for a living i'm doing a really good job <laughs> hello everybody i do accounting uh, you. we want to talk about our friend uh joe the accountant this week uh, he's really good he'll do your taxes paid us a uh, lot of money yeah and again find us on all the social medias we're on all the big ones uh please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends mm-hmm. yeah talking about uh the word of mouth like we, we've been getting a lot of like you know, people that we're kind of, I guess, relying on to just spread the word of mouth to their friends. We're not like social media experts. Just the word mouth. Have you guys heard of mouth? mouth. <laughs> Please say the word mouth to your friends. Mouth, uh, mouth, mouth. Five times this week, uh, you have to throw the word mouth into any random conversation. And troglodyte. And troglodyte yeah. and placostomus. But so help me God, if you say meowth. Do not say meowth. Do not say meowth. Oh, man. Mm. Um, also, next week is going to be our first guest episode, which is our very fun. Episode. Yeah, and so that that episode we're going to be, ta- we actually might not have a listener segment next week, but just so that you have an idea what we're talking about with our guest, it's going to be um, uh, songs that you used to like, mm-hmm. uh, or things that you used to find cool in songs that you used to like or whatever, but not really so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is cool. So if you some have submissions, we'd songs. love to see them. We might not have time to share them next week, but it's going to uh, be vaguely embarrassing for a couple of us, probably <laughs> at least for me. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, there's going to be some fun stuff on there. It's oh, going to be interesting. I'm not yeah. embarrassed about who I am. Mm, I'm, I'm embarrassed, embarrassed about, about who, who I was. was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Man. Holy moly. On wait on Instagram for next week. We just have to post up pictures of ourselves from those from that time of oh. life. Oh. So only pictures of Chad in seventh oh, grade man. and me in eighth grade. It does it have to be in the context of playing music, or is it just like any random photo? Maybe the worst picture you can find. It's, so if everybody oh, pay attention, follow us on Instagram. If you want to see the worst pictures possible of middle and high school Chad, Parker, Matt, and guest, hopefully if if they uh, allow us to, if they'll play in this space with then, us, uh, <laughs> then that'll happen. It'll be lots of fun. So fun is a word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Be joyous, be eclectic, and uh, be nice to each other. Verses on billboards, cash crops and a coffee. Gripping hardies in the parking lot. Popping biscuits in the backseat. Losing lighters in my friend's couch. With the game on the TV. Going hard at the Hardee's